sin is toxic, right? It, it eats away at you from the inside out, and sometimes, all that is off, often, sin leaks out of you and is toxic on others, on the people around you. Sometimes sin is yours, and sometimes your sin impacts others, right? And so if, if sin is a part of our life, the, the question for today is, how do we live, how do we love, even as the toxicity of sin impacts us, impacts those around us, And how we relate with one another. What do we do with sin? And specifically today, what do we do with sin within the body of Christ? That's our focus. That's where we're headed today. I remember uh, very vividly when my oldest son, and when all my kids, but today I'm talking about Ethan, when he was born. And if you're a parent, you remember the birth of your children, right? We, we had struggled a little bit with infertility, and so we finally got to the point, and Ethan was here, he was placed in my hands, and I was overjoyed. I was overwhelmed, and I was overwhelmed. <laughs> I remember when the nurse came in and looked at me and saw my deer in the headlights face what do I do now? <laughs> and she was great as she walked with me and Deanna about how we take care of him, right? Because I, I didn't want to break him, <laughs> right? You remember? Can you relate? I'm not the only one, right? And, and so she walked with us how to care for Ethan and how to take care of him and make sure that he was, had everything he needed and was able to thrive. And we talked and, and she showed me how to, how to clean, clean him, how to give him a bath, how to change his diaper. We, he struggled to eat some, some variety of things. And so every time he ate, it was a, a big ordeal. And, and he ate a lot. I know that's shocking if you see him today. Um, he ate a lot back then, but like half of it came back out, right? And I know spitting up is a thing with all babies, but like my boy was good at spitting up, right? And so there was a lot to clean up. There was a lot going on. And then, you know, of course, we had to learn how to change his diaper and how to give him a bath. And then we had to learn how to give him a bath. And well, he should have had a diaper. I mean, it, it was messy, right? It was a lot. How to love this incredible gift that I was holding in my hands and how to, how to deal with all the junk that comes out of him. He's gotten better. That's what today is about. How do we deal with the junk that comes out of us? How do we deal with the nasty? Right? We, we all have that understanding that nobody's perfect but Jesus, and then we're all surprised when it was like me that messed up. How do we respond? How do we relate? How do we interact? How do we move forward? How do we heal when the reality and the toxicity of sin exists among us? 
right? I mean, it's so much of, of what Jesus is doing in, in, in his work is he's, he's, well, he's building us together. He's building up the body of Christ, right? We, we talk about it, that the church isn't so much the building, the church is you. We're the church. You and I. That we're the body, we're the ones that Jesus came for. We're the ones that Jesus unleashes on the world. Not, not the, the, the bricks and the mortar and all the stuff of the building. It's, it's you and it's me and it's us together. We're the church, we're the body of Christ. And we have an incredible mission to go to partner with the Lord, to be his sub, subcontractors, to heal the world, to proclaim his truth and his message, and to leave a trail of breadcrumbs back to the table, back to the font, so others might find his goodness, others might find his grace, others might be drawn to him. That, that, that's part of our mission, right? And it's beautiful. The problem is, we all got a lot of nasty coming out of us, right? I mean, the reality is, we're all sinners. We're all broken. We all need God's grace. We're all recipients of grace because we need it and we're all distributors of it because we're, we're called to give it. But sometimes, I don't know about you, but man, sometimes I want to give grace and I, I, I give some of my nasty away instead. Have you been there? I mean, I'm not the only one that the ones I love the most often get the ugliest parts of me. The ones I care about the most are the ones I hurt. And there are certainly times when I can justify my selfishness, my exhaustion, my inability, my unwillingness to help others when they need it. What do we do as the body of Christ with the sin? that still exists among us. How do we live? How do we love? How do we serve? How do we go when all of us are covered in the nasty and it comes out of us at every turn? That's what Jesus is talking about today. All of chapter 18 is Jesus talking to the inside group, right? He's talking to, to his disciples. He's, he's talking to you and to me, the disciples, the apprentices of him, of his. That, that how we live and how we interact and how we do things, certainly there's an incredible mission, but how, how do we do when that, that thing that he came to eradicate from us and, and has done, but it, it still lingers? And how do, we, how do we live in the wake of the sin that still spreads among us? I mean, have you been hurt? Have you been wounded by someone? Somebody within the church hurts you? 
how do we how do we find a way forward? Jesus starts this this conversation off by, you know, Who's the greatest among us? And, and Jesus says, well, you've got to have faith like a child, right? And child is, is, is an okay translation there. Really, it's a toddler. Jesus here uses the word toddler. And puts a toddler in the midst of them and says, you have to have faith like, like this. You have to change and become like this. Th- this is what greatness looks like. What's going on here? Well, there's, there's lots going on here. Part of it is, is Jesus is talking about status here. Right? They're talking about, the disciples are talking about the greatest, and Jesus comes and uses a, 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 an object lesson of a, a toddler and says, you have to be like this. And, and in the, the Greco-Roman world where, where they lived, children were... Children were nothing, right? We, we romanticize children today, right? Children are amazing. They're a gift. They're a blessing. And they certainly are. But can I get an amen that parenting is the toughest job in the world? <laughs> and it's not over when they move out, right? Amen, right? Woo. Right? Parenting is no joke. They're a gift. <laughs> and the source of the greatest joy and the source of all my gray hairs that are coming in day by day, right? So Jesus, in this moment, is, is taking the Greco-Roman world that, that, that sees children not so much as a gift, but the, the, the greatest thing that a child brings to the table in the Greco-Roman world is potential. One day you'll be something. One day you'll be worth this headache, <laughs> That was the way they were understood. They were the bottom rung of the hierarchy in their society. And so the disciples are talking about being the greatest, and Jesus comes and says, no, you've got to be the least, the lowest. It's not about pride, it's about humility. Humility. It's not about being served, it's about giving of yourself for others. You want to be great? Then go and serve. You want to be at the top? Then be at the bottom. Right? In in our world, (laughs) there's so much pressure in society to climb the ladder, right? Right? the ladder of success in whatever measure and whatever metrics you want to use. It's pretty interesting that every time Jesus talks, he's always at the bottom rung of the ladder, isn't he? Be like a child. Humble yourself. Lower your status. Right, C.S. Lewis t- uh, uses that famous quote, I've shared it before, that, that humility isn't thinking about yourself, or isn't thinking less about yourself, it's thinking about yourself less. Right? That's a pretty good definition of humility. Thinking about others more, putting others ahead of you. Now, my, my question is, I, I don't know many 
toddlers that think about others more than themselves, right? (laughs) But what is a toddler but completely dependent upon those who love them? My friend Joe tells the story of his son Josh, and some of you can relate to this, and I'm not going to get too colorful, but I think you'll get the picture. Josh was a toddler, and they were driving somewhere, and can I just say, I mean, getting out of diapers was great, getting out of bottles was great as a dad, but getting out of car seats was amazing. Because not only is it impossible to put children in car seats if they don't want to go in car seats, but those things have every crack and crevice to collect every piece of food and junk and grossness on the face of the earth. And Joe was driving with his toddler, Josh. Well, and Josh had some come out of him. And diapers are great, but they're only so great. And they can only hold so much. And so they got to their destination and Joe opened the door and he already knew it was coming because he could kind of see it and he could certainly smell it. And when he opened his door, there was Josh covered in his own sin crying beside himself and holding up his hands for his dad to help him, to rescue him. And what did Joe do? But picked up his son and cleaned him off and embraced him. You want to have faith like a child? Depend upon your father who will risk the nasty to clean you up, to make you whole, and to remind you that there is nothing that will get in the way of his love. There is nothing that will get in the way of the Father's love for you. Josh was completely dependent. And so are you and I. There's only one that can clean you up. That nurse that was part of uh, my teaching, learning how to take care of my son, and we already knew this, of course, but she, she wanted to make sure that, that with our diaper bag, there was some key components as we went out into the world. And the most important instrument in a diaper bag is the wipes, Right? So that as you go out into the world, you can clean up yourself and others from the nasty. That's what Jesus is telling us about here. He's giving us some of the wipes 
as we interact with one another? How do we clean up with each other? How do we care for each other? We, we have the hope of, of Jesus that will, will run for the one that got lost. But then Jesus gives us the, the, the strategy for how to reconcile, how to clean up when my sin gets on you or your sin gets on me and our sin gets on each other. How, how do we move forward? How do we find a way to be together when our sin is trying to rip us apart? And, and the first thing, the, the first part of, of the wipe that God gives us is to go to the person. Go to the person. I love this and I hate this. Amen? I don't love conflict. I don't love it when I'm mad at somebody or somebody's mad at me and there's a rift in the relationship. I feel it in every part of my body. I struggle I struggle to put it behind me. I struggle to move ahead. I struggle to focus on anything else. All I can think about is whatever the junk is between us. I really don't like conflict. But Jesus calls us and says to us, go to each other. Go to each other. Like so many things in faith, it, it's really not complicated, but it's really hard. When someone hurts you, go to them. When someone sins against you, go to them. Go to them. Recently, uh, surprisingly, out of sarcasm, I said something that hurt a dear friend of mine. I didn't even know I said it. I didn't know what I said. I didn't know what I did. But it bothered this friend. The friend called me and said, hey, can we talk? I said, sure. We sat down. And my friend said, you hurt me. And I listened. I heard. And it broke me. And then it strengthened us. It was hard. And it was beautiful. It was uncomfortable. And it was worth it. Who in your life do you need to have an uncomfortable conversation with? Who's waiting because their guts are churning? And you need to talk to them. Because here's the reality of who Jesus is and what Jesus does. 
He, he comes to eradicate sin. He, he comes to make you whole and, and, and to give you the hope of heaven. He comes to bring heaven here now. He does all of that. But you know what? I, I think we get the best taste of that. When the Spirit works within us and, and leads us through the process of reconciling with the people that we care about, who we've hurt and broken with. When heaven gets real is when relationships are mended. That's how we are strengthened. That's the body of Christ. When Jesus leads us into doing the hard things. This is our call. This is what it means to be the body of Christ. It means we're not satisfied to leave a trail of broken relationships behind us. It means we're called to mend and bring together and heal and make whole, not just our own hearts, but the hearts of those we've hurt. That's our calling. That's our witness. That's the beauty Of the vision God gives of what it means to be the body of Christ. That's why we do the hard things. Because it makes you stronger. And it makes us stronger. That's how Jesus works among us. And it works best when we humble ourselves. When we see our status as lower. As we trust that we have things to learn. We have ways to grow. We have things that we've done that hurt others. And God's not through with you yet. Amen? God is not through with you yet. So lean in. For your sake. For the sake of the body. I say it over and over. Here from this place. And in conversations with people I see around town, I love the people of Prince of Peace. You guys are amazing. Your heart, your passion, the beauty of the things that we accomplish together, incredible. Absolutely incredible. working together, having difficult conversations, leaning in, letting God's work manifest itself within us. There's a promise a couple weeks ago that Jesus gave that the gates of hell 
cannot prevail against him and his body. Let's go storm the gates together in the name of Christ. Amen.